Hello there. How the hell are you? This is the Shake Up on Hack, the end of the week. It's where we discuss news, but not exactly. Not the hardest news, if you know what I mean. Like, we've covered a lot of heavy topics on Hack this week. But what else has got you talking? Turns out quite a bit. Let's get into it. Welcome to the 95th Oscars. A 10 square meter plot of land in Australia. This right here is called a um, cappuccino. Byron Bay was nicknamed Little Hollywood due to the crazy influx of celebrities. So I'm kind of like the unofficial mayor of Florence. What's your name? Haunty on the eye. How old are you? I'm going to say I'm missing Australia more than ever. On Triple J. Yeah, the Oscars' controversial little swag bags, an American student's controversial spray, a Hemsworth controversy. Controversial show. You know what is not controversial? I will tell you. The quality of my guests. Let's meet them right now. Come on. Firstly, an all-time Triple J favourite. You'll know her from Drive, filling in for Hover not so long ago. Comedian Jordan Barr. Jordan, how the hell are you? I'm so great. I'm, it's such a pleasure to be on the shake-up. I love shaking. Do you like shaking? Do you like being back on Triple J? Did you miss us? I miss you guys so much. It's actually, it's a bit, um, it's unhealthy. I keep texting Hing that I miss him and it makes him uncomfortable. <laughs> it's like, can you please stop doing that? That would make him so uncomfortable. <laughs> funny, he hates it. Funny thing about Jordan is that when I invited her to be on the shake-up, the first thing she responded was, I had pink eye too. And I was like, <laughs> why did she say... For everyone playing along at home, I had conjunctivitis recently. It was pretty intense. But, um, Jordan, I'm sorry to hear that you've also been through it. Hey, look, I've been through it. I've seen through the other side and it gets better. Ah, good. That's what I'm looking forward to. Hey, you're gearing up for the Melbourne Comedy Festival as well, yeah? Yeah, I am. We open in like two weeks and I'm I'm petrified, but I'm also like really excited. It's kind of the first festival back like fully after the last few years. So I think it's going to kick off. Nice. We're looking forward to that. Hey, we've also got another guest with us now. We got the head of editorial at Vice Australia and New Zealand, Brad Esposito. Brad, how are you doing? I'm good. You, um, better, better than you both. Yeah, you're thinking, <laughs> oh, pink eye, it's contagious, right? I actually have a gnarly, I'm not even going to go into it, but it was last year I talked to you after the show. Oh, I'm, I'm what? Nah, that. we're all amongst friends here, Brad. You've got to reveal everything. It's like an eye infection and then my eye started growing another eye. Oh, don't. Anyway, big week. Weekend plans, Brad? (laughs) (laughs) You're like, yeah, yeah, kind of get my eye checked out. Hey, as well, if you're listening, if you've got anything to add, you know the drill. Get in touch. We're right here. We want to chat. All right, it's time to get into it. Hack. So now the easiest way for young people to climb the property ladder is to get nominated for an Oscar. On Triple J. Yeah, the Oscars made a lot of headlines this week, but as always, not always good. Turns out, even if you don't win at the Oscars, you don't get go home empty-handed at all. You get those little goodie bags that are filled with incredibly expensive stuff, a holiday to Italy, beauty products, and a piece of Australia. Hack. Welcome to the 95th Oscars. Champagne carpet. The champagne carpet. Champagne carpet. Even if they don't win, Nominees for the biggest awards get expensive goodie bags. There are massive splurges in this swag bag, like an Italian vacation. This year, something different was included. In each of the nominees' goodie bags, there'll be a piece of Australia. We are still seeking legal advice. This is still a a live matter. On Triple J. Yes, so somehow souvenirs of Australian land ended up in those Oscars goodie bags. A one square metre of land. 
a personalised certificate of land licence, whatever that is, and the planting of two trees. Look, it seems pretty, you know, wholesome, okay, good intentions, until a group of First Nations environmentalists said, we are not okay with this. We did not agree to this. Actually, here's Anna Boosted from the Indigenous Carbon Industry Network talking about it. We were shocked to discover that some of our written material and some photos from our website had been directly copied and pasted and then for our organisation to be associated with that without our knowledge or consent. Crazy. How does this even happen, especially for such a big global event like the Oscars? What do you think about celebrities, one, getting a piece of Australia in their goodie bags, also getting these ridiculous freebies anyway? Like, and is there anything you think they should have in their bags, actually? If you've got some tips for next year's bags, let us know. We want to know. 0439757555. Want to ask the Shake Up crew. We've got comedian Jordan Barr and Brad Esposito from Vice. Jordan, 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 Jordan. Are you into the Oscars? <laughs> I watch it every single year, Dave. I'm obsessed. And I, I have to say that I hate the part of myself that loves it. Are I... you kidding? <laughs> do you watch the whole thing or do you just watch the red carpet thing? The whole thing from go to woe. I love it because it's like you see this. It's the biggest egos in the world in one room trying to be humble and trying to like be chill and cool. And I'm like, this is the weirdest setup ever. And then you see amazing things happen, like people messing up who wins an award and, and of course, Chris Rock getting hit. Like It's like it's insane. But, yeah, the the whole – goodie bag situation, it's it's a far cry from the Alan's Lolly surprise mix you'd get at the end of a birthday party. Um, but I, I don't know. I, the, I think that they should get a couple chuppa chups in there. If we ever got any of those goodies in there, even one of it, you could live off that for a year. I mean... Yeah, and it's pretty crazy stuff. I just want to explain what kind of stuff is in there. Like, these bags are worth more than $100,000. you got something like a three-night stay for eight people on a volcanic Italian <laughs> island, <laughs> Li- liposuction, that's also in the bag, Normal. and Japanese milk bread. <laughs> I mean, just... Interesting, oh. eclectic mix. The milk say. bread is essential, though. I of have course, to say. it's I delicious. Mean, that's what I'd be looking forward to. Brad, what are your thoughts on this whole situation? Oh, I I read the story like five times in my bed when I woke up and I saw it for the first time, and I was I was like, that can't be right. Uh, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, actually, that's completely what it says. It's completely what it says. A bunch of rich people getting more stuff, and then with the Australian land thing as well. I immediately went to their website. This, I can't even remember what the company is called. Yeah. And it was, I mean, we don't need to turn this into me just being like, how should, well, how terrible is that website? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But like, no, it was so basic. It was pretty and basic. I had a you, look as well. You read the terms and conditions and it's like, I don't even think they actually get land. It's like this idea of the land. Well, there was like this weird disclaimer. It was like, it means not much at all. It's like, well, why did you put it? Why did you put this in there? Yeah. Like, it's just seems pretty kind of weird and sinister. I don't know. Um, Jordan, what do you think? Are the Oscars still relevant for young people? You're like, yeah, hell yeah. I watch it every year. Uh, but honestly, we, we, <laughs> we, interviewed a whole bunch of people and um, we chucked it up on Hack's Instagram earlier this week talking about whether they watched the Oscars, thought it was still relevant. I must say, most of them were like, nah, not at all. Yeah, well, I I have been told many times that I uh, have the soul of a seven-year-old gay man trapped inside my body. Um, <laughs> so I feel like a lot of my references are of the 70s. But I um, look, I love it. I love the the big bang boom of it all. I love the, the fact that somebody has to sing a song, an original song every year, and you have these composers just like scrambling to put new songs in the credits of... <laughs> 
<laughs> films that are just awful. Um, but I think, yeah, I don't think I'm, I, I don't watch it for sincerity, like earnestly, I guess. I watch it um, for fun and to, to laugh at people because they're so wealthy and they get little like whale cum serums in their take-home <laughs> bags and I'm thrilled for them. Um, but then I catch myself crying when Michelle Yeoh wins. I mean, come on. like Look, There were some wholesome moments, of course, and that's the thing. It's always this emotional roller coaster. the Oscars, isn't it? You've got some heartwarming moment and then something really rips you right down to earth as well. We've got a lot of messages coming through. Someone says, a piece of Australia in a goodie bag is the absolute wankiest thing I've ever heard. Another person says, reminds me of that Scottish titles thing that was doing the rounds on YouTube ads where yes. you'd allegedly become a lord or lady <laughs> by purchasing a square metre of Scottish land. You know what? Did I think about it? Maybe. His yeah. lordship did think about it and maybe his lordship did it. No, I didn't. I didn't do it. <laughs> Yeah, it's very much giving, like, what do we get, Dad, for Father's Day? Yeah, exactly, (laughs) exactly. Nice, affordable title. Someone else says the whole concept of goodie bags like this for Hollywood celebrities is ridiculous. They make more money each year than most of us do in a lifetime. They don't need free things. Brad, do you tend to agree with that? And are you surprised that it's still such a PR thing, making a big deal of what's in these um, luxury bags, especially at a time like this, the state of the world, a lot of people struggling? Yeah, it's kind of cooked, right? But it's also like celebrities have friends too and they need to give stuff to their <laughs> friends. No, but, but seriously, it's I'm pretty sure it's run by a separate company to even the Oscars, right? And, and they sort it all out and get everything to put in the goodie bags. You have to pay to include yourself in the goodie bags. Right. So it's like money the whole way down. Um, but I do think it... Every year, it's the headlines. There's the same stories. What's in the goodie bag? And those stories wouldn't exist if people didn't care. That's true. Um, what do you think of award ceremonies in general? Like, are you a big one? You're a journalist. Are you like, <laughs> it's Walkley's time and it's time for me to be recognised by my peers? Uh, Not the Walkleys. <laughs> big, big respect to the Walkleys. Uh, you nominated this year. Just want to say, you guys are crushing it. Um, you guys are doing such a great job. I'm not really an awards guy in general. Yeah. Um, what about you, Jordan? Like, are there big awards for, like, the best comedian? Yeah. <laughs> I'm yet to be nominated. Um, but, so it must be nice. Yeah, look, I think awards are kind of bullshit and stuff like that. But, man, it feels good when you get one, and it, that's funny. <laughs> it does feel good when you get one, but there's this whole, like, relevance debate that, you know, leads into it as well. Someone else on the text line says, if they want to give a bit of Australia, how about they donate money to help support Closing the Gap or other First Nations charities? Maybe they can consider that next year after exactly. the big stuff up this year. Um, and someone says, what if the bag was just full of spring-loaded snakes? That'd be funny. Like, everyone <laughs> opening the bag, screaming. It's like a Three Stooges Oscar. Yeah, it's a bit of slapstick for your Oscars ceremony. Look, why not? Time to move on. Hack. So physically, was I born in Italy? No, but spiritually, yeah. On Triple J. An overseas exchange sounds like the opportunity of a lifetime. Not for one American student, though. She's described her semester in Italy and Florence as a nightmare. The locals, she said, were rude. It wasn't like New York. And she felt too much pressure to travel and have a good time. Hack. I moved to Italy about two months ago now, and I've had the hardest time adjusting. I was told that the cheese beer was made by a blind nun in a basement. I am Trey Exite to be here. I didn't know how good I had it in Minnesota. Guess who I am? Uh... Peppa Pig. I'm Monica Vitti. You lost me a bonjour. On Triple J. Yeah, I don't know if you've read this opinion piece. 
It's quite something. It's fired up the whole world, Italians especially. Apparently Italians very hostile as one. I'm very interested in your opinion. Let me know. Um, nah, I'm impartial with all of this, of course. Listen, I did love this line in the opinion piece. I'm not quite sure whom I resented more during my stay in Italy, my American classmates or the locals. Look, really just going in to insult as many people as possible, you've got to hand it to her. Really the question is, who is the most insufferable person you've travelled with in your life? Who really didn't care? to live outside their comfort zone or get to know the place you are visiting. Let me know. You can call in 1300-055-36. I know you've got experiences. Tell me. Maybe you've been massively embarrassed by a friend who caused a scene. Or if you're visiting Australia, what do you think of us? Are we just as bad as the Italians allegedly are? Let me know. I want to get into it with the Shake Up crew. We've got comedian Jordan Barr and head of editorial advice Brad Esposito. Brad, yeah. you've got an Italian surname. Esposito. That's correct. I do. Uh. So you must be <laughs> firmly on the side of La Repubblica d'Italia. Totally. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm probably more American than I am Italian. What? I know. You're American? Yeah. So here I go, getting ready <laughs> no. to defend. Oh, well, uh, oh, we weren't ready super, for this. Super easy country to defend, so no problem. So hold yeah, on. No, no issues there. <laughs> so hold on. Your dad's side is Italian. Yeah. And is your mum's side American? Yeah. yeah okay. Right. right. So what do you think of this? Um. Okay. I read the story. I have, okay. First of all, she seems really lonely. Uh, is, is what I took away from <laughs> yeah. it. I was like, yeah, all of these things you probably did experience, but at, like the root cause of it all, you just seem really lonely and, yeah. and like you didn't have a great time. And that's that can happen. And look, we've all been there when we've, we've like, especially first time traveling overseas, it's like an intimidating thing. It's yeah. daunting. You're like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't feel I'm out of my comfort zone. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And then the other thing is like, you should not write for any national media company a personal essay until you're like 28. Like, okay, that's just the blanket <laughs> rule. That's like, that's what blogs are for. That's what your Instagram's for. It's setting yourself up for danger. Okay, well, can I ask you about that? Because there's also been some criticism of the publisher of this article because this wasn't, just to be clear, it wasn't someone's private personal blog that they were just um, tapping away at and someone's discovered it and it's blown up. This was Insider, a major outlet in the media. She's a journalism student trying to start a career. Brad, as the head of editorial for Vice, what would would you have said yes to that opinion piece? Has she been thrown under the bus a bit by editors? Should they have been like, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is not going to turn out well. Yeah, I mean, personally, I think it's like a little bit of malpractice. Like you've got to step in and say, hey, you're young and I know this is a big deal to you, Business Insider. You probably think it looks great on the resume, but also that's a lot of people seeing your story about you hate a whole country. Yeah, uh, and you're a student. Wow. And you're a student. Um, so like that's a hell of a way to start your career. Maybe she's going to turn it into a whole thing. If she leans into it, she could become a millionaire by the end of the year. That's true, actually. It could be a whole Emily in Paris situation yeah. where it's <laughs> her in, I don't know, Florence. Um, messages coming Florence through. Florence in Florence. Yeah, it's in Florence. <laughs> Someone says, I studied in Tuscany for a year. The town would flood with loud American uni students who could legally drink for the first time. As Aussies, it was hard because the Italians just presumed we were American. That does happen when you're in Europe mm. often. People just assume that, like, you're either American or British when you're Australian. Someone else says, went on exchange and one of my peers cried the whole time. She was super religious and paired with a family into Euro heavy metal, which isn't <laughs> a combination that would work well 
I wouldn't imagine. Jordan. It sounds like Wife Swap. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> love that show. We bring that back. Jordan, what's your opinion on this opinion piece? Look, I gotta agree with Brad here. I'm Are like, you the, kidding? The comment, well, I'm like America the comment. Rules. I mean, that's, that's oh, sorry. Oh, wait. I think I misinterpreted. Uh, she sounds really annoying. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, she sounds lonely. Like I was reading it and I was like, the common thread is you, babe. Like you're in every situation that you're in. <laughs> like That's true. And I was like, I did feel for her though because I know that like US college and stuff like that and she mentioned like keeping up her GPA and like even just getting to go on that trip abroad, she probably had to like have like heinous like study levels and stuff like that so it's like you expect it to be this like a beautiful semester abroad but then she also has to focus and like keep going at this like hyper capitalist uni situation while everybody else is having fun so I understand like the resentment from that side but I'm also like yeah you've made a choice though (laughs) Come on, like, come, am I the only one that see? It was a pretty vicious takedown of like a lot of people. Also, there were some points of it where she was like, oh, I was so upset because I realized, I mean, she was away for a semester. She was like, I realized that my life in New York was continuing, everyone's lives were continuing. I was like, that is how the world works. Like, when no, you're not in a place, sure. the world continues to happen in other places. Surely that's what we knew, right? Did everyone know that? Yes. <laughs> yes. And I think also, like, she, I don't know. Everyone's I like, like Dave, you're supposed to be impartial. What's going on here? What's going on here? I can't stand for the Alan Tico slander in it as well. That is a beautiful panini sandwich shop. Delicious. <laughs> and the way she threw it under the bus there, absolutely not. But, yeah, I think I, I agree with you, Dave and Brad. I think that it's like uh, I think that she's a product of a bad system, but I'm also Sorry. like I'm not going to – if I was stuck in a conversation with her at a party, I'd be looking over her shoulder trying to get away. Well, since we do have like a half American on the panel, Brad – do you think Americans need to maybe better understand the way they're perceived overseas? Because there is, it's like, I don't want to get hectic here, but to be honest, Americans do have a reputation overseas as maybe not the most loved um, tourists. Yeah. Do you think that? Do I think that is a reputation? No, but do you think that maybe Americans don't understand that that's... I, I think they are well past the point of understanding and it's more a not caring oh, thing. Oh, okay. I mean, it's not caring. You could flip it around. And, have you ever been to Bali and ask them about Australians? Like, oh, it's, true. It's, we're not great travellers either. Uh, but, oh, no, we suck. <laughs> yeah, we are the worst, actually. I was going to ask people if, if there's some people or tourists listening now... Um, how are you finding Australia? How do you think we are here? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure. Hopefully you think everything's going well here. Did you ever study overseas, Brad? I did. Where'd you study? I went to University of North Carolina, Tar Heels. Okay. Michael Jordan. Good experience? Yeah, it was sick. It yeah. was great fun. Um, it was really, I was pass fail. So uh, just needed to get over 51% in everything, which I did. Uh, well, done. but I spent. Yeah, thank you. But I <laughs> spent a lot of time. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was kind of one of my least priorities. Okay, priorities. I can imagine. And what about you, Jordan? Have you um, either studied overseas or been for like a big gap year, something like that? Yeah, I went to India for six months when I was fifteen. I did a um, there was like a oh, free that's... exchange that you could do at my school, and I stayed at a boarding school in Kodaikanal in India. Wow! And how was it? Did you write an opinion piece or did you love it? <laughs> no, I loved it because I'm not a fool. I went out there. I was like a bit different, but even better. <laughs> you so know. Good. 
It was a good time. Someone on the text line says, you can take the New Yorker out of New York, but you can't take the New York out of a New Yorker. Yeah, there was this disclaimer at the end where she said, all of this shouldn't dissuade students from heading to Florence. My feelings aren't every college student's experience. Yet, I also can't be the only one who thought studying abroad was a nightmare. Mm. I don't know, Brad, do you think that was enough of this? Sounds well balanced. (laughs) Sounds like that's just wrapped it up nicely. Uh, Oh, yeah, I'm not sure. Anyway, look, probably time to move on. (laughs) It's being described as the Chris Hemsworth effect. The sort of novelty wears off pretty quick. People are more interested in the surf. Yeah, remember a bit over a year ago when everyone was blaming all of the celebrities for making Byron Bay unlivable, driving up prices, changing the culture of the area? Well, apparently things have changed. Celebrities like the Hemsworths, Zac Efron have ditched Byron, and some property analysts reckon it might see prices plummet Byron Bay. So you'd only be paying like $10 million for a house. Like, how good would that be? Opening it up (laughs) to the first-time investor. Um, It made us think, have you ever experienced this kind of Hemsworth effect? I'm talking about when someone you love, a best mate at work, for instance, leaves the job, leaves the workplace, and then you think, what the hell am I still doing here? I don't like this job at all. I just liked hanging out with that person. Or your favourite housemate leaves. And then you think, hold on. It sucks here. I'm getting out. Let me know. You can call in 1300-0555-36. You can message in as well, 0439757555. Want to hear your experiences? Make sure you let us know. Let's ask the Shake Up crew now, comedian Jordan Barr and Brad Esposito from Vice. Jordan, are you going to snap up a place in Byron Bay now? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, um, I'd love to, um, considering the, the rental crisis at the moment that ended up with me moving back with my parents, I think I'm in a perfect position to uh, move to Byron and to buy, was it his uh, $20 million property that little Chris is trying to sell? It's pretty affordable, yeah. Yeah, Not yeah, too yeah. Bad. Um, <laughs> what, like, were you surprised by this at all, Brad? What were your thoughts when you saw this story? Uh, I mean, like rich people fly together, right? Um, so <laughs> they, they probably only relate to each other, and you know, you, they're going to go somewhere else in Australia. I'm, bet, I'm betting. Well, apparently, and, the Hemsworths have gone to Sydney. So look out, property prices oh, in no. Sydney. Uh, they were doing so well before that. <laughs> um, but yeah, what do you reckon is that first that's made them leave? What they they all settled there and were like, this is the best place on earth, Byron Bay's, all the rest of it, and now everyone's getting out. Jordan, do you have any ideas why everyone's leaving Byron Bay or these celebrities? Um, I released a series of uh, uh, locusts um, into their household. <laughs> oh, that'd do it, actually. And then I followed it up with floods and fires, <laughs> and I was like, get out. I hate you, Chris. But I also want to, like, circle back to them leaving. Like, the Hemsworth have, have, uh, the Hemsworth have gone to Sydney, but I read that Zac Efron is living in a van now. What is going on? Surely he's still got the high school musical money coming yeah, through. What? I did read that as well. It's like he's travelling around. He's living a quiet life. He's having his gap. Yeah. I guess, yeah. When you're like a hundred millionaire when you're 12, it's like <laughs> <laughs> when you're 30, you go, hey, I didn't do any of the teenage stuff. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. He's had a pretty, it, like, um, you know, intense childhood, I yeah, think it's great fair voice. to say. Um, yeah. It reminds me of Marie Antoinette when she had that little farm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she used to dress up as poor. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, would you ever like to live close to a celebrity, Jordan? Is it something that you'd think, oh, look, I would move there, but... Only if Blah Blah lives there. 
Yeah, I'm obsessed with celebrity culture. I love it. Uh, I just said I watched the Oscars before. I'll move anywhere. I'll follow them. I'll hang out. I love it. <laughs> but I don't think I can afford it. That's the issue. Would? Um, sure. Could? Can't. <laughs> Have you ever joined a mass exodus, Brad? Like when something's happened, someone's left a workplace and then you've thought, oh, I've got to get out. Probably like the closest I have is when I was younger, um, I thought I wanted to be a chef and I was working in a kitchen um, and then the head chef left and I realised that I just liked him. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. I was like, this sucks. It's 5am, I'm cutting 40 kilos of onions. Uh, (laughs) Not for me. Uh, No, no, no. (laughs) Yeah, we've got like, um, you know, people messaging in saying they've had to leave the workplace because, you know, stuff's happened. Um, It's been, you know pretty uh, hectic the experiences of some people who've like decided they've got to get out of whatever situation they're in because someone they really love has left. Um, yeah, it sometimes happens at house parties, doesn't it, as well? Like mm. when someone changes the music, everyone will leave because they don't <laughs> like it. Is that something you've experienced, Jordan? It's something I do. <laughs> oh, you're the one who's changing the music. But I'm also known to like, uh, it's called Jordan's Little Clips. So it'll be like the end of the night. It, it is the end of the night. We're at the, the real dregs of the party and I'll just pop on YouTube, pop on um, a couple of funny clips I've seen recently and we'll gather around like a campfire and watch my clips. Uh, well, I, I'm kind of keen if you, if you, if you want to yeah. like, if, if like invite me over. That's, that's great. Um, it'll clear a room, I promise. <laughs> Do you have a friend, um, Brad, that if they're not at the party, you don't want to be there? Or is there someone, is there one of, I know it's awkward on national radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is there someone, Here we go, my top five. Yeah, uh, is there someone in your crew? Because I do. And if they're not invited to it or if they're going and then at the last minute pull out and they're like, oh, sorry, I forgot to tell you I'm not going to that anymore. Mm. I'm like, oh, <laughs> um, I've got conjunctivitis, everyone. I don't think oh, I can come. I knew it. I've got pink eye. I mean, probably in the context of like media events. You know, you'd want to know someone from your own work so you can just, like, chill in the corner and drink. They can be so awkward, can't they? Yeah, not to get all inside baseball. No, 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 no. (laughs) But it's true. Everyone kind of sticks to the um, corners of the room. Whereas I imagine, Jordan, in comedy, there's all these big personalities. Everyone's trying to dominate the conversation. Is that what it's generally like? Or are people, are comedians sometimes massive introverts? Nah, I think it, well, it can be either or, but sometimes you, you have the biggest personalities on stage and then it's like blood from a stone trying to talk to them and it is <laughs> difficult. Um, but I think I'm the same. I have like core people in uh, comedy that if I'm like, like my, my friends Irvi Majumda and Prue Blake, if I'm like, if I know that they're going to be hanging around, I'm like, okay, I've got a, it's like almost like an anchor. I've got a safe person there and then that's going to help bounce off with other people in the conversation. But if they go, I'm out. I'm okay. going home. And I love to Irish goodbye. What's an Irish goodbye? You can leave without saying anything and then you text. Oh, like, had, what the hell? Didn't catch you on the way out. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. That's, and do you get like a pretty big backlash to that? That little strategy nah, that you've got going there? I think there? people love it. I think everybody hates goodbyes. It's always awkward and it's like, especially if you don't really know them and you're like, oh, we'll get a coffee and you both know you're not getting a coffee and it's like, <laughs> do you reckon, see ya. Do you reckon the people of Byron Bay are thinking that about the Hemsworths? They're like, yeah. oh, they just left and they didn't really say goodbye because at one point it looked like they were making a huge investment in that community, that they were going to be there forever. They were bringing all their mates over from the US. It was all looking, you know. Matt Damon. Pretty great. Yeah, they were all coming over for holidays. <laughs> 
guys, weren't they? And now it's all it's all over. Or do you suspect, Brad, that maybe a lot of people, locals, might be pretty chuffed with this news? Uh, based on my own experience of speaking to some of the locals, yeah, I reckon they might be a bit chuffed. Oh, yeah. Have you yeah. been up there and, like, spoken to people and stuff? Yeah, like three, three or four years ago. Um, but it's... I, I mostly spoke to people who had been there for like 20 years. So they were really witnessing kind of their hometown oh, change a lot. Yeah. Nah, it's definitely, it's definitely something like there's like a serious element of it. And then um, there's the whole Byron Bay's element of it as well. Yeah, which, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was going to say investment in Byron, it feels like a personal property investment to me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they were uh, helping anyone out absolutely. by being there. So we've got some messages coming through. Mia in Melbourne says... Uh, had my work dad leave the company and it ruined the vibe. I couldn't stand my boss anymore because my buffer had left, didn't last more than two months. Another person says the Hemsworths have not left Byron Bay. They own hundreds <laughs> of acres between them, probably a way of dropping the prices so they can buy what's left of Byron. Oh, Get them, yes. This is all part of a strategy. Hey, that might be yeah. what this all is. It's all part of one master plan. <laughs> and we fell for it. Hey, that's all we've got time for. Can I just say a huge, huge thank you to our Shake Up crew, Jordan Barr, thank you so much for coming back on Triple J and good luck at the Comedy Festival. Thank you. A pleasure. Thank you for having me. And Brad Esposito from Vice, it was a pleasure having you. Of course, anytime. Hack on Triple J. And that is all we've got time for on the Shake Up for now. I'll catch you next week. But before we go, big thanks to the hardworking Hack team for another huge effort. Executive producer Claire Bloomer, radio producer Claudia Hurst and our reporters Shalala Madora, April McLennan, Angel Parsons, Kimberly Price, Jack Gow and Nathan Nigidula. I'll catch you next week. Bye.